This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And welcome to the uh, November 17th edition of uh, Hammer Down Racing Report. Almost did my old show that I used yeah. to do many years ago. We, we've got a full studio. Uh-huh. Let, let's give everybody a wave. Hello. Yeah. We've got Brad Eitner, Matt Shipley, Colin Colin Shipley. <laughs> Ron Miller, Scott Hammer, your hosts. Yeah. And we're here. we got a full show tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, racing on a fixed income. I don't, I don't like saying budget. I don't know if you guys do, but... Yeah. We'll say fixed income. I guess everybody's kind of on a fixed Fixed income, income is yeah. tough to say. Yeah. I don't know if fixed income's proper. What would you say? <laughs> well, Matt's an entrepreneur, and, you know, some weeks are good and some weeks are bad, so his income's far from fixed. Uh, sometimes I'm sure he works at a net loss. It's true, especially <laughs> when we're racing. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, there's been lots of uh, rumors swirling around about a certain track, uh, about 45 minutes south of here uh, from the Toledo area. Really exciting Uh, news, Scott, and we're not allowed to say very much about it other than that Millstream Speedway will be running in 2018. It'll be a Sunday after, late afternoon, early evening. Um, Their their goal is to run a a quick, efficient program and have everybody out by, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock at the latest. which makes getting up Monday morning not not too bad a chore. <laughs> Sorry, Ram Miller Race Cars uh, Studio. That's where we're at. Forgot yes, to, we uh, to give you a plug there. And, and uh, uh, if, get... if you'd like to sponsor our program, um, then we could afford a, a real theme song, and we wouldn't have to play that hokey intro. Oh every come week. on, <laughs> that is some quality stuff there. No, it really is. But uh, seriously, if if you would like to uh, get your name on our show. Uh, you can give us a call or uh, contact Scott Hammer or Ron Miller on Facebook. Uh, yeah, and uh, Ron Miller Race Cars, our uh, presenting studio sponsor. Give uh, Ron Miller a call, 734-856-7223. That's 856-RACE. He's got parts, he's got service, he's got great deals. Anything you need done, welding, bodywork, um, is there anything you don't do? Charming personality. Well, let's see. You got to pay extra for that, I think. Uh, and I have learned, no matter how bad you might mess something up, we have you, you ready the next it. week. Well, yeah, that's true. How, how many times? I don't think I've challenged you enough. No, though. have we ever let you down, Scott? No, I guess not. You've tried. I have tried. Yes. Um, parts. Did I mention that? Any kind yes. of parts, Ryan can get them. And, and like, he'll not, have them for you the next day. If and you it's not just stopped. oval track either. It's drag oh, racing, absolutely. oval track, road race. Uh, we've been doing a lot of street. Uh, Street projects, too, so if, if you're interested, give us a call. And Christmas is coming up, so what better thing for that racer in your family? You know what works great for Christmas presents for your the racer in your life is safety equipment. You know, Grandma and Mom probably have a tough time buying a tire or a carburetor for your race car, but if you tell them you want safety equipment, 
that works real well, and they'll feel all warm and fuzzy about it. So give us a call. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to join uh, the conversation tonight, give us a call here, 419-214-0949. I didn't even write that down. See? Yeah. Or you can uh, comment us uh, on uh, our uh, Facebook Live. Um, somebody suggested a new theme song. We're just going to ignore him. No, no. They can sponsor us, and then we could afford a new theme song. I work with him. He can't sponsor us. Oh. <laughs> Well, maybe somebody out there can. All right. Um, there was supposed to be a big uh, announcement on uh, for Bearfield, but uh, it didn't. I didn't. That's why I was just looking for. I was supposed to make an announcement at six o'clock. I forgot to check on that before we went on. I looked uh, about quarter after six, just before I left the house. Saw nothing. So yeah. Uh, and, and the same with Montpelier. And back to uh, to the Millstream uh, rumors. Okay. Uh, or, you know, suppose. It, so we can't really say much, but once there is official stuff in writing and uh, and uh, lockdown, the owner we pretty of, much know what's going to happen. It's the just, owner of Millstream Speedway will be in the studio with us when everything is etched in stone, final, and we'll have lots to talk about. Hopefully that'll be before April. He, uh, he has a full agenda, things he really wants to accomplish, things in racing that upset him, and We'll be working on those things, and, and I'm sure you're a, you're you're a bug in his ear, right? Sometimes, <laughs> I've heard that about you from many different people, not just. <laughs> anyway, um, moving into some uh, national news, actually international news. Uh, we were just talking about this uh, before we went on here. Eight-year-old junior drag racer Anita Board died on Saturday as a result of hitting the concrete barrier at the end of the Perth Motorplex drag strip in Australia. And you said that's uh, Alan's hometown. Al- Alan, home Bla- track. Alan Blake, that, uh, that's that we'll be his talking home, to him his in a home facility. Correct. And uh, I guess uh, the, whatever the governing body is over there, they uh, banned junior drag racing or something until an investigation could be done. The Perth Motorplex is, is an interesting facility because it was built with all almost all government money and Obviously, with government money involved, they have a fair say in what goes on. Um, my experience with racing in Australia is that it's overregulated, and and the government is deeply involved. And and, I, and I'm pretty sure that we have quite a few Australian listeners. Alan was trying to round up thirty or forty of his best friends, so hopefully, I'm not stepping on any on too many toes. Well, I guess uh, the father of uh, of Anita, Ian is his name, wants uh, children to be able to uh, continue to uh, compete. Uh, his quote was, we do understand that there will need to be a couple of changes. We don't believe there needs to be a major change, he said. So it kind of brings up the uh, the debate of uh, what's too young to, uh, to get uh, youngsters involved in, in racing. Well, Scott, uh, at our home track here, here in the States, Oakshade Raceway, um, we've had kids as young as eight years old. Just ignore that. You don't hear anything. Kids as young as eight years old uh, running the uh, four-cylinder cars. And uh, they're, right now they would also be racing with adults. Um, so what do you think is, is too young? These, these junior racers, too, from what I read, the cars are limited only to go 100 uh, kilometers a mile, which is about six, or, yeah, 100 kilometers yeah. a mile or, or per, an hour. Per, which is equivalent to about 60 miles an hour. Right. Um, 
And they're, so they're, they're it, not it's, too it's a, fast, but I mean, that's the, about how fast as... And they are really cool cars. They're scaled-down dragsters, which run on uh, a modified, basically, lawnmower engine, but uh, probably kicking out 30... That'd be a nice idea. Kicking out 30 horsepower. Tell your kid he's racing and have him go mow the lawn. Yeah, well... <laughs> It might work for my kid. It's know. training. If you want to get into the race car first, you got to drive the lawnmower for a couple of years. So, if, <laughs> so what? How? Uh, what age would you say is that cutoff point to where somebody should get into a full size stock car? Is just a, a, four, a front wheel drive four cylinder. We, we've I, seen people get hurt in even that class too. Man. I've. I have for a long time thought that you should be an adult to race with adults. I would okay. forever hate to be the person, the old guy that killed some kid. Uh, and, and, stuff, <laughs> oh, and stuff can happen. That should be a, a T-shirt. Stuff can happen on a racetrack, Scott. Oh, yeah. And uh, What about, okay, so like when Oakshade had the Hornet class, which was limited to, uh, was technically 12 to 18, 18 or 17, under 18. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, but it, there was even some younger than than twelve. Yeah. At the very, Do you think that at, was okay? At the yes, as long as the feet. As what I was told, as long as the feet can reach the pedals and you can see over the uh, dashboard, right. that's when you're old enough. Right. And you agree with that? As long as they're it, racing with other kids. As long as they're racing with kids. Uh, okay. I just have a real problem racing with a twelve-year-old. Not that I don't think they have car control. Uh, I've seen some really spectacular young teens, but. Again, I, I I don't want to be that guy. What do you guys think? Um, I don't think there's a certain age that you can say, you know, at 13 he's he's good to go. I think I mean you have to go on a per child basis. Um, or should they have to prove? Or? Should they have to prove themselves? Absolutely. I think oh, that's absolutely. actually what uh, Anita, this uh, Anita Board was actually doing. Was there was some certification that she was going through when and, this and, happened? Right. Yeah, and that and that's a good idea. Um, you know, you can't just some dad say, "I want my kid to race," and throw him in a race car with 800 horsepower and 40 other guys. You know, but um, it can it can it can happen. It can, and they can do it now. Um, so some regulation on it would be a good idea. Who um, makes that call? The tracks or the parents? For the most part, the tracks. There's this kid in Tennessee, I believe, uh, 12 years old, runs a super late model and does fairly well down there. I believe he already has a track championship in crates. How old was Tyler Reddick when he started running late models? I believe 13 or 14. I raced exactly. against a kid this year that was 13, kicked my butt in a crate down at Florence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got and beat you, by a thirteen-year-old. Watch, watching him, <laughs> watching him, you couldn't tell. I mean, I think he ran third that night. Blocks on the pedals. So, yeah. so it, it's definitely individual, mm-hmm. right? For, it depends on the person. And companies are are catering to safety when it comes to that. LaJoy uh, custom fits a seat for kids, um, and actually has a program where if you buy the seat and this this membership. They do three free upsizings as they grow. So um, that's a good deal. You've got a young racer sitting behind you, uh, has been racing go-karts for quite a while. What about him moving into a big car? Any plans there? There, there are plans for that, actually. Really? So this is a, this is a good subject. Um, not 100% sure what class. What about go-karts? You know, that seems to be a big, He's been very popular go-karts. thing. Okay. Yep. 
Um, He's been racing go-karts and doing really well. So, I mean, maybe that's your your introductory. I mean, what about uh, racing with adults in go-karts? Are you okay with that, Mr. Well, Miller? Most, most tracks don't let you do that. Okay. Um, he has done it at a couple of tracks when there wasn't enough kid carts there. Um, so, as, you know, as far as that goes, it's it's kind of up to the tracks. Okay. Um, well, that's probably a good good starting point is in the go-kart. I mean, those can be dangerous too, especially the... I would rather have them in a race car. Which, <laughs> a little more protection. <laughs> yeah. Brad, your thoughts? I still play on the go-karts. Uh, still run the race cars. Uh, I started in carts and uh, took a couple years off. Worked in uh, pits for people and... Couple years later, I was in a late model. Um, I think it teaches you a lot. I Definitely did, a good starting point. I saw a video earlier this week. It was a uh, from some go kart race. I don't even know where it was, but it was just some random clip of uh, this cart flipping, and the kid flew like probably fifteen feet up in the air. I just saw looked like that, a rag. Saw you saw that, that too? Okay. I don't remember what that was. I was like, "Holy crap, that's got to suck." Good thing. Kid, I guess he was okay. It's a good thing but, kids bounce well. Yeah, yeah I guess that's <laughs> I, good. I'd hate to do it myself. All right, too, well, too many titanium parts here that can break. <laughs> Before we start uh, getting into uh, some more uh, with uh, with Matt and uh, and Brad here, I want to go over a little bit with uh, NASCAR. Touch on that because uh, that's about to end for the year. Yeah, one more and, race. Basically, it comes down to uh, four guys, and whoever finishes out in front uh, will be the champion, right? You know, the last 15, 20 laps of, of the race last weekend were were actually exciting. I actually did watch that. The, I saw there, there was a lot going on. and Chase Elliott got his revenge on uh, Denny was, Hamlin. That was so cool. Congratulations, <laughs> Chase Elliott. And then he fell short to uh, Matt Kenseth, who ended up uh, winning for the first time this year, and Still looking for a ride for next year, but uh, Elliott finishing in second is out of the uh, championship now. I think there's a real reason that Kenseth was wearing the shades after the race. I, I think you, you'd have seen a lot of tears. Well, they uh, Was that that Rutledge uh, dude talked to him yeah. right there on the front R- stretch? R- Rutledge Wood. Yeah, and uh, he said that he was losing it a little bit then, so I didn't watch the uh, anything beyond I, that. I, I think a lot of what we saw on his lip wasn't all sweat. So you think he's going to get a ride for next year? You think he's? I don't know. It sounds you know after that it, that's you get that taste of victory in your life. Either that or he's really going out the way you should go out on a high note. That's true. My dad has a theory on this as to why he doesn't have a ride because he is a former champion. He wins races. He's expensive. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. not an NFL quarterback. That's true. But I mean, you probably could pay. One of these younger guys, these new guys coming into the series, you know, a little bit less than, you know, a proven champion. Uh, would okay. the proven champion bring the sponsorship with him that uh, that's young true too. man would have a hard time bringing? That's a good point. That is a, a very good point. Or the young man brings fans. Nobody wants to see the guy they've seen for. Nobody wants years. to see the old man drive. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> We get our revenge. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, so the final four contenders, uh, that'll be the championship decided at uh, Homestead, which uh, that race starts 3 o'clock NBC on TV, 103.7 CKY on the radio. Um, the contenders are Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex. Who's your picks? Who you got? Uh, I got to go with Truex, the little furniture row team. 
Just I'd, you're I'd rooting like for the underdog? Yeah. Truex. He's not really an underdog, though, this year. He's been no. kicking some ass. Tru- right. Truex. Another Truex. Truex. Personal well, choice. I, I'm not saying that Harvick is going to be good, but you're asking who I want to win? Truex. Who you want or who do you think is going to win? Who's going to be the champion? Okay, who do you want? Coin, coin toss. Okay. Truex or Harvick. <laughs> okay. Coin toss. As far as who's going to win. Who do you got? What sport is this? <laughs> lacrosse no, I'll, I'll go with Harvick on that Harvick see I'm kind of bouncing I'm with you Ron I'm bouncing back and forth but I'm thinking I'm leaning toward uh, Harvick as well I'd like to see him Harvick's experience is going to come on real strong but didn't somebody say his wife looks just like him I don't know <laughs> for some reason that's in my head I don't know I don't know what his wife looks like at the moment but so alright well we'll see again that race uh, Sunday at 3 o'clock final race of the season for NASCAR. Um, 1037CKY. That's right. And um, once again, if you want to join in, the uh, Barb says Harvick. So we got a couple more Harvicks here. If you want to join in the conversation, uh, you can uh, leave a comment on our Facebook Live or give us a call, 419-214-0949. Alan Blake will be joining us here in a little bit. I have so many different times and different computers, I don't even know what time it is. 718, I think so. In a couple minutes, we should be getting a call from Australia. Down under, we yeah. are a uh, morning show in Australia. So good morning to you down there. Um, in the studio with us tonight, we have two guests. Thank you guys for coming in. Matt Shipley and uh, Brad Eitenauer, late model drivers. And uh, both of you share one thing in common. Um, you don't have super expensive motors in your cars. We didn't, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, get a little bit of background for those that may not be familiar with uh, both uh, Matt and Brad. Uh, we'll start with you, Brad. Uh, give us a little bit of your, your background in racing and how long you've been uh, running a late model. Um, been, How'd you get started? I got started in 2001, 2002. Uh, I was approached by my father-in-law. Um, wanted to know if I'd be interested in putting a late model together and running it and like any kid, uh, I said, yeah, and started my dream of racing. Um, so we've been at it for about 15, 16 years now and and um, progressively got better through the through the years. What's uh, what's your your uh, best memory, best race? Oh, definitely first feature win at Attica. Um, that's that's a hard hard one to hard one to match, but uh, Probably more so than that one would be winning my father-in-law's memorial, Australian pursuit at Oakshade. Cool. When was uh, when was that win at Attica? Two thousand and eight, I believe. Okay. And uh, Matt, I know you used to race a bomber long, long time ago, and then you were gone for a while, and now now you're back. Uh, tell us. Um, yeah, well, I started uh, helping the neighbors when I was about thirteen, about his age. Oh, I think we got Alan calling in here. Hold on. Hold that thought. We're not done with you, so you're not off the hook, but we'll see. (laughs) Oh, no. Either he hung up or I didn't answer it in time, or both. Oh. Hopefully he'll call again. Alan, I know you're listening. Call us back. Anyways, as you were saying. I started helping the neighbors. Um, When I was 16, they gave me a shot. Um on a Sunday at Oakshade, practice. They liked what they saw, for, so the following year, um, they put one together, or we put one together over the winter. 
So I raced bombers for seven, eight years, um, up until 2005, I believe. All right, I think we got Alan. Okay. Hold on. Finish. Hold on. Hammer down racer report. Hello, I need to be connected to Scott Hammer, please. You're speaking to him. <laughs> you, want, you want to turn down uh, your, your uh, computer or whatever you're listening to there so you don't get that delay? There you go. Yep. How's it going? Good morning to you, mate. I'm absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, good morning to you all. <laughs> Got uh, Well, you've been watching, so you know everybody who's here, right? Yeah. Well, appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, we're just talking to, to Matt here, getting to, uh, to know him, and uh, we're talking about uh, racing on a budget. And uh, you've had a couple of cars over there that uh, you've kept me up to speed on that uh, are running the, the, the Crate 525 engines and uh, doing remarkably well. Uh, Veronica McCann, uh, who we know pretty well, um, ran one last year and, and uh, amazed everybody. And, uh, and your son-in-law is running one now. That's true. Um, I guess... <laughs> Before we go into the technical side of it, the reason they're running the 525s is um, late models in Australia are extremely expensive item. Like more because, expensive than here? Well, simply because, you know, the conversion of the dollar, the freight, the taxes to get them into Australia, and uh, then the cost of getting the parts is the same deal. Do you get your the parts from Ron? Uh, race fuel. So what we work on, years of experience, is if something costs $10 in America, us to use it in Australia will be $9.50 plus the 10 So you're looking at almost double the number. So when you get a race car that's worth $30,000, by the time you land it in Australia, uh, you're up for sixty grand. Now, with the crate engines, um, they're landing them here for about $12,000 compared to an open engine... Uh, that's going to be up around uh, well over $60,000 landed here in a reasonably good engine. So that's why the, a few of them started. Um, we run a, an organisation in Australia um, called Late Models Australia, which is a non-profit organisation, and that has allowed these engines to run um, probably just to suss it all out and see if it's a, um, a good way to go, whether they're going to start cheating, um, and whether the electronics are going to be uh, cheaters, etc., 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 and then see the, the competitive side of it and then the costs, analyse the whole thing, and then we'll look at it into the future. Alan, just so that everybody knows, uh, we are pretty much on the same page uh, with late model rules, uh, everybody wonders if you sit on the other side in Australia. The the late models are one the of toilets the toilets flush the other way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the late models are one of the few classes where you can buy a car here in the states, ship it over, unload it, and go race. Um, same rule book, same 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 package, um, which really helps your program. You still there? Yep, I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could do with a bit more volume, Nick. 
I try to get uh, Ron to talk louder all the time. <laughs> That's better. So it, it, you guys are coming up. Your racing season is uh, just starting, I'm assuming. You're in spring almost. It's spring. Yeah. Okay. Has it, has it begun down there yet? We run opposite to you guys. Uh, your winter is uh, our summer. Yeah. You've so had, you can you've work had, it out from there. You've had, what, three races in, Alan? I think we had four, yep. Okay. Now, yeah. is late model uh, racing is big uh, down there in Australia? How, how does it compare, you know, to its popularity here in the States uh, there in Australia? Population-wise, you mean? No, the popularity. How, how uh, lots of, are there lots oh, of dirt? popularity? Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, our public's been brainwashed with those things that tumble over all the time, and uh, they're of the opinion that that's all the races on dirt, so... The promoters have uh, backed themselves into a corner because the numbers are falling off on them. And um, on the West Coast, the promoters have realised that uh, they're very, very good crowd pullers, these late models. They're pretty active, they're exciting, they're, they're mongrels to look at on the track. And um, but they've got a hell of a fan following now. So our promoter at their main city... Uh, track the one that the government built. Um, they've switched on and they've they've given us some very good shows this year. Um, there's some six Americans due here in January. Um, it's a hell of a lot of interest. It's going good. And Ron was one of those Americans uh, for for a few years, weren't you? Yeah, I've been I've been in Australia four times racing, uh, three times on the west coast, once on the east coast. How how did Ron do when he raced down there? Um, he drove my Rayburn once, and I, I did suggest to him the next day that uh, it's his responsibility to build all new panels now and put them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that Rayburn car, uh, I had a crew chief malfunction the the last uh, race I ran. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that subject up. Yeah, <laughs> you, you opened this can of worms, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so. Go ahead. All right. Who's turn to talk? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, when uh, the the Americans come down, come and race down there, do the the Australian fans are, are they like? Is that like somebody they get to root against? Is that like a cool rivalry, the Americans versus the Australians? Well, or or did the Australians feel so sorry so. for for the American drivers and they kind of pull for them too? Now, we provide the uh, the opportunity for American drivers to come over. We've got Tyler Reddick and um, Steve Francis and uh, a couple of other guns coming over. Now, we we and the fans of the attitude that we respect them coming to our country to provide us with uh, technical information that brings us forward at all times. We select these people. We started with Ron in 1999, uh, who came over and, and helped the, our uh, budding division uh, to become more popular, more re- recognised, and uh, more technical information. Um, and that's how we work. And then what we do is we provide them a good social activity while they're here. Uh, we teach them to drink our beer, um, <laughs> and they go home very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. I'm trying to think. There was somebody I asked you this past summer about Australia. 
what if they drink Foster's beer? No, 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 no they don't. It was it had nothing to do with anyway. I'm neither here nor I there. Think we saw that to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you come you come here uh, during the summer, which is your winter. Uh, what do you what do you do around here when 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 you're in the states? Drink beer. I do have the occasional one, um, and then at five o'clock I really get into it. I remember what it was. I remember what I asked you. I asked you uh, if they call what they call the Ameri- or Australian pursuit races in Australia, and you said you were like, "What? What the heck is that?" Never heard of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't hear that. Just faded out. I had mentioned uh, we were talking this summer, and I'd ask you what they call Australian pursuit races in Australia. <laughs> and, and you were, yeah. I don't, we don't have those. <laughs> what is that? I figured they called American pursuit races down there. Scott, I wonder where that come from. Yeah, is, uh, I'm going to assign uh, Ron to do some uh, research on that. And you know, all right, yeah, we'll go to Wikipedia. <laughs> all right, um, so we're we're basically going to discuss, uh, you know, being competitive on, on a budget. And uh, the two gentlemen here in the studio with us, uh, they uh, run some. I wouldn't say inexpensive motors, but less expensive than uh, some of the other drivers. And you guys are pretty competitive. Um, what? What? What do you? Why do you think that is that you guys can be competitive uh, with these uh, less expensive motors? You want to <laughs> tackle this one, Brad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's look. again. We got Brad Eitenauer and uh, Matt Shipley here, uh, two late model drivers. Alan Blake on the phone. Let's see, we'll let Alan get back to golf. Um, but uh, this is probably this is probably costing quite a bit. Uh, international yeah, Alan, phone call. Real quickly, just tell us uh, a little bit about Warren and uh, Veronica running the uh, the five twenty five motors and and really running up front with them. Uh, and I know they've both got a lot of talent as racers, but uh, they they sure seem to be running well. And, and Warren won uh, the feature what last week. Yeah, look, those two, if you say, are up front uh, because Warren's been racing for quite a few years and as has Veronica. Now, um, we've also got three other guys that have uh, started off this year in late models and, um, you know, they're up there as well. They're finishing races. They might get lapped now and then, but Warren is uh, really Swiss on technically and he's really got a package together on, a, on the way that the car works uh, with that lower horsepower. Now, <laughs> you think, well, 525 up against 820 horsepower, you know, drag him off the corner, you know, say goodbye to the 525. But the, when you can get them to uh, work through the suspension uh, and get the bite, et cetera, et cetera, you're not wasting horsepower with wheel spin as much and the damn things are, are very very competitive they opened my eyes i've got to be very very honest i, I mean i've watched uh those couple of cars run at oakshade and yes they get dragged off the corner a little bit um but with our track in in perth the one the government built that's a momentum track and it's a different kettle of fish the the um the competitiveness of these things is admirable for the way these guys have put the package together. And I think that um, our national body 
we'll still keep considering um, how long these packages are going to be allowed to run. Uh, once somebody starts cheating, and uh, we won't go into great technical detail there, if that happens, then I think we'll uh, we'll pull the blind down and say, you know, I mean, I'm the president of the national body, and I've got to keep an eye on these things all the time. So that's the political side of it. <laughs> all right. Ratty uh, says to say hi to his uh, car owner, by the way. <laughs> uh, look forward to having a corona with that guy again. <laughs> you coming back next summer then? I am. I'll be there in June. Um, I'll probably do the six weeks. Um, that's if Mr. Miller will have me. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll, st- you'll still have a bedroom. Yeah, I know I give him a hell of a headache when he when I'm there. <laughs> I think it's the eighth corona that starts the headache. <laughs> Could be. He doesn't make you sleep out with the pigs. No, no, no he's very, he's very, very um, sociable. He's a wonderful host. Um, it gets lonely up there, though. I thought I might get a, you know, a friend. <laughs> okay, well, Ron knows lots of people. I'm sure he could probably help you out, introduce you to somebody. <laughs> I've seen some of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Okay, mate. Nice talking to you. All the best with your show, and um, good to see you, Ron. Yeah, good luck tomorrow. Cheers, guys. Thanks good, for your comp- for... Good luck tomorrow, okay. Alan, you and Brad. Oh, thank you very much, Ron. That's appreciated. See you Bye. soon, buddy. See you, Alan. Oh, good timing there. Alan Blake, uh, live from Australia, where it's uh, bright and early in the morning. That's it. So, All right, Brad. Back, back to where we were. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, driving a, a crate engine car. Now, you didn't even have a 525 engine, right? No, we had the 604. Sealed. Sealed, yes. Wow. Um, straight out of the crate from Matt, uh, right in the car. 375 horsepower advertised, I think? Uh, 400 advertised. 400? Yep. And, and what do you run, Matt? I run the CT525. Okay. And uh, you guys... You did, being up in the tower watching you guys race, you, you unless you knew, unless Ron had not told me or, or you know something, you would really wouldn't notice that you guys are, are racing with any less power than than anybody else out there. I, I'm very impressed with the five two five motors, but I'll tell you what, getting passed by his. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you run? <laughs> different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like a, a two hundred or something? Yeah, yeah, getting passed by Brad. And, and having him drive away tends to piss a person off just a little bit. <laughs> or it opens your eyes to uh, what he's running, right? He's got it hooked up. Okay. How how different does the car drive? Now, I, I know I played a little bit with a 602 a couple of years ago in, in a sportsman, and you really had to anticipate, uh, especially restarts. But talk to, talk yeah. to us about what, what you found with the car and uh, – definitely restarts you're pretty much a sitting duck um you just gotta not lose as many as you can kind of play defense the first half a lap or so till you get going Um, gotta file that one away (laughs) (laughs) and um and honestly it's it's uh a lot of work into the car um where we spent time tightening up um before now we're loosening up keeping the motor freed up um so we can have drivability in the car 
to where it don't bog the motor down. So a totally different setup than than a car with a lot of or an engine with a lot of power. Yeah, we we basically went the other way when we went to, with the crate motor. I understand that you've got a shock package that didn't break the bank too. No, um, we decided this year that we were going to go to a complete crate setup, um, start to finish, so we could go crate racing anywhere. We went non-adjustable on the shocks. Um, pressure, pressure gas. Gas-pressured Bilsteins, um, no stack springs, nothing fancy. We were complete on a crate setup. And what, was your, what was your best uh, feature finish this year? Second. So there you go. My wife's sitting over here. You are taking notes, aren't you, hon? <laughs> <laughs> Now, Matt, we were you were t- telling us about you, how you got your start. Uh, you started running uh, the bomber at Oakshade. Were you running anywhere else uh, back? Uh, I ran a few other places. I think I ran Lima and Butler. Okay. Um, and then, then, then you stopped. You kind of disappeared. What what happened there? Life. Life. <laughs> got got in there, and and it was best to step away for a while, um, and then uh, heard about a, a crate class opening up at Fremont um, just a few years ago, and it uh, it was very intriguing. thought it was something that I could afford. Um, did that all the last year. Um, enjoyed it. Um, the only downside was is... Uh, was last year you, the first year you were you were back? It seems like you were uh, been racing for... I was for... back the end of the year before. Okay, I thought. So I ran, I think, five races. The uh, end of 15? The end yeah. of 15, yeah. Okay. Um, ran all of 16 at Fremont, a couple of shows at Oakshade, um, and that was a 602 crate motor in that car. Which is only 350 horsepower. Right. And, uh, steel blocks, steel heads. This year, uh, you were, I don't, were you at Oakshade every week? Uh, you were there no. a lot. Uh, I was there maybe a half a dozen okay. times. Were you still um, running uh, Fremont this year, too? No. Okay. Nope. Um, I went with the CT525 package. Okay. Um, followed the American Ethanol Tour in its entirety. And if you got a top 10 in, in the points in there. I did. ended up ninth in points there. Um, and you I been... was frustrated at times. I really wanted to get a win. Um, but looking back, it was it was a pretty successful season. What was um, your best uh, finish this year? Fifth. Fifth, okay. Um, inexperienced. Got in the way of a couple of wins that were, were knocking on the door. But uh, um, you were looking competitive. I mean, at least the races I, I, I saw like you. I felt like we were. It wasn't like you were Ron Miller running at the back of the field not making <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Yeah, wait till, your, <laughs> wait till your car shows up, buddy. Oh, crap. I forgot about <laughs> that. We've got a special setup waiting for you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, do you have a, a, a decent shock package or um, did you go all out on that? I mean, no, where are you I spending ran, your money? Uh, mine were adjustable. Um, there were single adjustable um, advanced shocks that most Pierce cars ran. Um, came with the car, so I had them freshened up at the beginning of the year and and ran those. Didn't have any issues. I don't know if they were good or bad. I didn't try anything else. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, um, Rusty says uh, he said something about you don't play defense <laughs> <laughs> because you drove away from him and almost won. <laughs> Well, um, we would like to have had one, but we just didn't get there this year. So, uh, looking looking ahead, uh, you guys going to uh, continue uh, with with the motor packages uh, each of you have, or are you looking to do things different for next year? You guys running next year? Yeah. What's twenty eighteen yeah. look like? Um, 
Well, I actually, towards the end of the year, uh, bought an open motor on uh, another car. Ran that maybe a half, half a dozen times. Um, was actually not as competitive with that car, and that was almost 900 horsepower. Was that because you just weren't used to it, or you didn't have the setup for it, or um, part setup? Uh, or is goes, the five two five motor in in your case that much easier to drive? I don't know that it's easier. That touching back on on setup, one thing with the less horsepower is you don't have to brake as hard, you don't have to throttle down as hard, so your car doesn't upset as much. You're keeping your car on tilt all the time, all the way around the track. So it, at, at times, it works as a benefit. You know, a real experienced driver can do that with no matter how much horsepower they have. Um, but when you when you don't have to come all the way on the throttle and set the car down to get the car to, to, to rotate, um, sometimes you can carry more corner speed than, than the bigger, bigger horsepower cars. Um, so going from that and never driving a car with with twice the horsepower um, is definitely a learning curve. So what, what are you going to do for next year? I'm going to run that. Um, I'll definitely run some ethanol races. Um, we're trying to get him in a car. Um, so it just depends on how much he races, how much I race. Um, I don't think I want to be tied down to any, any points races. I just kind of want to go and race, try different tracks, and, and have some fun next year. Okay. Are you having fun uh, driving the late model? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot right. of work. Brad, your experience uh, with, with the smaller horsepower? Um, honestly, I, I feel like it's more forgiving. Um, the motors aren't wound as tight. Um, they, don't, they don't come down off of the RPM as fast in the corner. You can, you can more momentum race with the crate motor more so i think than what you can the big motors now uh, you're twisting them so hard um, the I rpm spikes high and low a lot faster in the open motor than what it does the crate we were here with casey noonan last week and he said most nights he was maybe half throttle and you know i've got a couple top fives out there um with my 604 crate and i can honestly say i wasn't even wide open there's some nights you just don't need to be. What do you use for fuel? Uh, well, we stop at the high miler before we get to the racetrack and uh, <laughs> fill the uh, 90, fuel jugs up 93 with 93. Octane. Yes, sir. That's a heartbreaker when you're paying 10 bucks a gallon for, for 114. <laughs> How does do you, do you guys find the track uh, conditions plays a big part as to whether or not you guys would be uh, competitive on any given night? What, I guess, um, well, what, what would be your ideal track conditions? Well, you, you have to be realistic. I mean, we're not going to go race at Eldora, you know. Um, but, I mean, we've ran up front on, on heavy tracks at Oak Shade, um, some of the smaller tracks. I mean, you're not going to go to I-96 or, or Eldora and, and try to, to go 140 miles an hour. You know, you're just, you just you don't have the RPM. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's... It's not even so much the horsepower, but it's the RPM. You don't have it. It just takes us longer to reach that maximum speed. Um, the gear that I pull at Oakshade is quite a bit lower than what, let's say, Ron's pulling in his open motor. So he can get up to speed so much faster. But, 
you know, I can match that with mile an hour by pulling gear out of the car. Brad, I know when we were running the, the 602 crate motor that it didn't like anything over 6,200. What, right. what, what do you turn the uh, 604? I actually turn the 604 between 58 and 6,200, and that's all I turn it. Wow. It's, and your, your uh, 525, what's, what's it seem to like? About 6,800. Really? Mm-hmm. Brian McKenzie on uh, Facebook Live, he says all he wants for Christmas is Brad to get Facebook. <laughs> it I will not curse. happen. Not uh, happen. <laughs> Come on over to the Twitter side. <laughs> I was looking for you on there. I was wondering. Um, uh, Nick Rice says uh, you were the uh, American Ethanol Late Model Rookie of the Year. Was. That okay. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. With it, with what you had, that's uh, not bad. Um, who was the champion of that? Nizer? Rich? Uh, Dona, I believe. Dona McCool. Dona. Was it Dona? Yes. What was that? I was reading something today. Rich was the champion of something. The first Probably. year. Is that what it was? Maybe I was looking at an yeah. old post. My bad. <laughs> um, Jennifer says she misses racing already. And, and then I hit the wrong button and made it unmute. And now I can't make it stop. <laughs> what happens when I get an old computer? Um, all right. Uh, racing uh, coming up. Yeah, they're still racing. Supposedly. Maybe. It's not looking good if you go by the forecast. I still haven't touched my car just because uh, I'm waiting to see what uh, if they change the forecast. But I Montpelier. Looked at, I looked at Montpelier's weather forecast, and obviously they're get, getting everything a, a few hours before us. But Saturday. They have the rescheduled, rescheduled uh, Monster Mash, which uh, is scheduled for Saturday, the 18th, this Saturday. It was originally scheduled for uh, October 28th. Got rained out. Then it got rained out the following week. They had their awards banquet last weekend. So, yeah, and the weather forecast I saw, at least for us, was like 90% chance of rain, and the temperature is going to plummet. It's going to get icy. Sunday, snow flurries, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and if they don't if they don't get the run it this week, uh, what do you think? You think they're just going to say? Uh, I don't know. Are we going to be racing after Thanksgiving in Indiana? Maybe. I, 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 I can tell you that mid-Michigan has a race January 13th, and they could be competing with Montpelier. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, so anyways, it's uh, modified Super Streets, Thunder Cars, front-wheel drive, and mod lights uh, if they do get that show in at Montpelier Motor Speedway in Montpelier, Indiana on Saturday. Uh, we got the Gateway Dirt Nationals coming up at the uh, Dome of America Center in St. Louis. That's December 14th through the 16th. Uh, Late models, modifieds will be there. You, what, 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 why aren't you guys going there? I believe Matt is. Are you? Are I'm you really going to race? Are, really? I'm not sure if I'm what, going. What's up with that? <laughs> what's the hesitation? Uh, it's a busy time of the year for, uh, for me um, with work and, and sorry, Did you know you, that uh, you stuff. replaced the engine in my truck? Did I? Yeah. You don't <laughs> remember that, do you? I do remember that, okay. actually. Dodge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Piece yeah. of crap Dodge a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Still works. Thanks. Good. Good. <laughs> Shipley Automotive, right? Yeah. yeah. In, in BG, give them a call. There, you could be a sponsor, that. you know that? I could. <laughs> and we wouldn't have to. Yeah. Maybe we could afford a real yeah. theme song. <laughs> but then I couldn't afford to race. Oh. I need you to sponsor <laughs> me back. Gotcha. Uh, so that may have, yeah, let us know. We might have to follow you. I know Rusty's going down there. He is. So. He is. He's going. Are you taking, uh, would you be running your car then? Yeah, okay. um, and I would probably run the 525 there. 
Okay. A nice short little uh, tight track there. You yeah. Don't get... I don't think it would be a much disadvantage at all, and you get a 100-pound weight break. Very cool. Uh, Rumble in Fort Wayne that's coming up uh, December 29th and 30th at the Allen County War Memorial for uh, the Open Wheel fans. Oh, it goes on I the back. Is, uh, Fort, Fort, Fort Wayne. What's that? Is Moeller. Moeller supposed to be trying to run a late model uh, I think so. special this weekend, yes. I believe. Are they? I did not know that. I did not have that on my list. I think they have, what is it, the Goblin or something maybe? Uh, <laughs> the Turkey Gobbler. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a 1500 and then I got 1000 win mods this weekend. And they're Racing in, in fight November. Fight the weather. That's crazy. Speaking of uh, fighting the weather, Wild Bill Hart hangover race uh, coming up at uh, Sandusky Speedway. You're how many time champion are you? 13. 13 time. Uh, <laughs> Lucky 13. Champagne stock champion with his outlaw late model. Mr. Ron Miller will be defending that. Moonshine stocks and whiskey stocks, which are from the, uh, the Wild Bill Hart race. Uh, New Year's Day. Is, is named that because he won it 17 times. So uh, You're trying to get it named after you, huh? At, at <laughs> least more uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to 17 and stop. Okay. Well, uh, and we may be talking to... Uh, What's his face uh, from uh, Sandusky, if you can get that arranged? Oh, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Jaycox, right? Yes. Yeah, we'll talk to him maybe uh, Christmas time. Uh, that race starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll have more details on that. And you mentioned the Mid-Michigan uh, uh, Raceway Park has the Whiteout 100, and uh, all the information I found out was from you. That's going to be uh, the 13th of January, correct? Yep, Saturday. Uh, I think it goes off around noon. So and you, they you, did that last year too. Didn't you, they? Yep, you can find them on uh, Mid Michigan Mid Michigan Raceway Park on their Facebook page. They've got all the information. Did they, I looked? I didn't see it. Ha! Huh. That's why I'm saying all I got was from you. Is that another one you run? In the... um, actually, we were headed up. The last year was the first year they had run it, and uh, we were headed up that way. And uh, EGR cooler on my dually decided to die. We made it. Yeah. Actually, just past Clark Lake, uh, just past Brian Rollman's, and uh, decided we'd better turn around. Uh, four hours later, we made it back home oh, wow. um, and ran through about 45 gallons of water trying to keep the dually cool. Wow. It was a long trip. Rusty says you are going. I am. Uh, Facebook Live. That's what he said. <laughs> you are going with, uh, looks like about five exclamation points after it there. Uh, and uh, it just moved on me. I think it was Brian McKenzie said that uh, they're going to call the Sandusky race the Ron Miller Invitational. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to win a few more. And Rusty wants to know if he can borrow a sideboard. <laughs> um, Probably. <laughs> oh, Rod, Roddy already chimed in. He says he's got one that he can borrow. So. Oh, okay. Does that mean Rusty's going to be at the... Uh, I would hope so. Sandusky thing? I would Need hope somebody so. somebody other than uh, Steve to, to give you a run for your money. Well, caveman, too. Although there was that one year that I took out the entire side of Steve's car. Yeah, he still so, remembers that. Does he? Believe it or not. I, I, blame, I blame Perry Cox for that because he said, you know, they don't have very many cars in the champagne stock. You can go over there, pay $30, $20, whatever it is. You're guaranteed 50 if you start. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, whatever. Yeah. I'll do that. And then I spun out and tore the side off of his car. Because it was after you passed me, and I was like, I'm going to race you with my bomber in your super late model. <laughs> yeah. And that was a bad decision because it didn't work. I ran that white race one time. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've run it twice. And I was leading had... by about a half a lap and stuffed it right in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you should come out. Yeah, there that was a great time. 
And they encourage snowballs at that. I like that. Yeah, People bring yeah. snowballs well, from at the. They've kind of scaled back. You can only throw snowballs during at the cautions. Cars, on caution flags. Yeah. Used to be green flags were fair game too. And but if you hit the flag man, you get something too. Yeah, free hot dog. What's what's that? Is that why you run the board so the snowballs don't hit? Absolutely. You? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does have Lexon or something on the side there. And then I notice when you do uh, pull in uh, for your victory lanes. Although I don't know you did it last year, but usually you come the other way so that around. the big sideboard is protecting yeah. you. Well, and it protects the Have announcer, you, too, yeah. and he he appreciates that. <laughs> did you do that the first time you won, or did you learn this over I, the years? I, yeah, yeah. One of those things. One year they had a red flag, and they wanted to stop on a front stretch, and that didn't happen either. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped over in turn three and four. I figured if somebody could hit me with a snowball from there— Good for them. <laughs> yeah, I got hit by one. That it's not that fun. It's more fun to be on the throwing end than on the receiving end. I don't know. It's definitely not fun getting hit by snowballs when yeah. you're on the hook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting dragged, <laughs> dragged, getting dragged, dragged off the track. But it is. Yeah. It seriously is. It's it's a good race. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, like Roman said when he was on his show a couple of weeks ago, if you take the fun out of it, there's no sense doing it. Yep. Yep. You guys have fun still. Absolutely. All right. Definitely. It's fun watching you guys, too. Brad, I want to thank you for coming in. Matt, thanks for coming in. Thanks for Colin, having us. Colin, can't forget Colin. Colin, thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll have to have you on, on the show talk about uh, some go-kart racing. Well, and, and we'll talk about his 2018 full-size right, race what, car what, season. Uh, what's he going to run? Is he going to put him in a, a bomber or a compact? Uh, or uh, what are we looking at? a sportsman. Sportsman, uh, okay. Or crate late model. Um and and like we were talking about before, it was it's kind of the deal where we're gonna have him practice until we feel like he's not a hazard, and uh, go from there. Cool. Well, at least you won't be competing with me then. You'll be above me. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to watching Colin. We're off next week. Uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, back be stuffing in our faces. Two weeks, uh, which is uh, the twenty thirty, whatever the week after. It's a Thursday, two weeks from yeah. now. That's what it is. We'll be back uh, Facebook Live uh, again from the uh, Ron Miller Race Car Studio. Christmas coming up. He's got all kinds of presents. Give him a call. 734-856-7223. That's 856-RACE. There you go. And, uh, you know, if if you're not a, a racing person and uh, you're, your racing significant other has a, a list, um, if you read it to Ron, he'll know what it is. Or if you even take a picture. I've done that with the things that I don't even know on my car. I'm like, I'm not sure what this is, but I need this. I'll take a picture, send it to Ron, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and he'll get it for me. Pick it up Tuesday so, or Thursday. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that's it for this show. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And uh, we'll have a uh, 2017 season in review coming up on our next show, two weeks. Don't forget to uh, listen again. 7 o'clock, two weeks from now. We're out of here. And uh, iHeartRadio. Listen on demand there. Yes, sir. Now we out. Good night. Hey there. My name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. 
From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.